Well, welcome to those who are listening live with us or listening on podcast to today's Truett Church Network uh, webinar and event. Our guest today is the newly minted Dr. Reverend Dr. Jack Bodenhammer, who uh, is the uh, runs the Ministry Connections place Ministry Connections office for us uh, that deals with placement here at Truett Seminary. Um, and really did just finish his D-Men work at Truett and will be hooded here in a few few weeks. Jack, welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. And, and although we are only separated by uh, mere feet, doing this in different offices is probably the best idea. I, I think it is. I do, I do think it works well. Jack and I visit uh, uh, oftentimes throughout every day because of our job and friendship, but we're trying to be professional like we're official guests here today. That's right. This is the first of a series of four visits we'll be having um, with various faculty and staff at Truett Seminary over Advent that we're calling Advent Conversations. And uh, each week we'll get together and, and just talk about the theme of Advent that, month, that week um, of, of hope and joy and love and peace. Um, and per, perhaps for those preaching and leading and teaching those themes during Advent, provide some encouragement, perhaps some stories. Uh, but really for all of us, as we seek to um, approach the birth of Jesus at Christmas, some encouragement that we all can use in our, our, our lives. Um, so today we are talking about um, <laughs> hope. And so, um, sorry, I forgot for a minute. We are talking about this first week of hope. Um, and so we're going to ask really the same questions each time. And so, um, Jack, help us. Uh, understand hope from a biblical perspective. What is the biblical witness of hope as you understand it? Yeah, you know, as I begin thinking about biblical witness for hope, uh, the the great song lyric, our, our hope rests on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness, right? If we're going to do the, the Cliff Notes version of hope in the Bible, it's that. It's the, the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and the promised return of, of Jesus. If we were going to look at a more perhaps robust idea of hope throughout the entirety of the Bible, um, I think it, it centers on covenant relationship with God allows us to uh, live in expectation that there's something more, that there's something better, and that that's hope. And that throughout the, the story of Israel uh, through its history and through the prophets, through the testimony of the Psalms uh, into the New Testament and the church in our modern era, it is those who are in covenant relationship with God who have hope, that their hope is beyond uh, kind of the sensory into this very divine gift. Uh, and uh, for me, that, that's really important uh, distinction. And, and also, I think it's important to think about how, how it's written about throughout the Bible. But importantly, in Romans 8, the Apostle Paul writes uh, about salvation and uh, the hope of Jesus Christ. And he writes that, that hope uh, that is seen is no hope at all, that for, for who hopes and what he already has. But if we hope for what we do not have, we will wait patiently for it. Uh, I think that's a really important nuance of hope is that it is, it's an act of faith that it is not seen, it's, it's not perceived, it is something that we hold on to. Um, so that's and, what you mean beyond the sensory, beyond what can be 
are literally our senses can perceive there's something else there. Yeah. And, and it has to be right by, by definition, what Paul is telling us is by definition, it has to be something bigger than this uh, in, in a grander picture. And I do think that's that's part of where culturally we get this wrong, that that um, I do think there's this innate God birth thing in humanity that holds on to hope and that we understand hope in a really early age and it's part of who we are i think if you we're entering advent and in christmas time and kids understand what it means to hope that there will be christmas gifts under a tree right maybe they hope because they've been told there's going to be christmas trees maybe or christmas present under the tree or maybe uh, just they remember the past and there were presents under there and so whether it's story that they're being told or it's history that they're latching on to they hope there's presence under the tree that's a simple concept and we see this play out i think in just in the lives of adults as well as uh we we understand what it is to hope and this is why things like uh, political parties and political identities gain such steam because we see this world we know there's need for it to be better and so we start putting our trust and hope in things that maybe can offer us a promise of something better. And that's where I think the feelings of, of people get so ratcheted up politically or, or in any number of areas um, because hope is innate. Yeah. But we can place it in really what, you know, cheap and small things compared to divine. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you just answered that, I think, to some extent, but maybe we want to say more. And so what is challenging about hope? So you said hope is innate. I agree with that. But also despair is rampant. Anxiety is rampant. Um, depression is rampant. Um, so what, what, is, what is challenging about hope? Yeah. Uh, I mean, short answer, everything. Um, <laughs> And you're exactly right. I especially think in just the moment we are sociologically, culturally, uh, we see all of all of these mental health issues on the rise, that depression is real. The lack of hope is in abundance. Yeah. And and so we have to maybe reverse engineer and ask ourselves why. And there's a lot of reasons and, and you can't pare that down. But I think one of the reasons for the lack of hope broadly is that it's unrealized. Mm-hmm. That if we had it, it would be easy. Um, and that if we could see it, if we could hear it, if we could feel it, then we would know. And as an act of faith, hope uh, is challenging beyond all those things. Because if it's unrealized, it's also counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. That if everything that I see, everything that I hear, everything that I feel in my very bones tells me life is this way the world is this way it's really counterintuitive to hold on to something that says the opposite that says you know this world is broken and it's getting more broken you watch the news man i watched the news this morning and and was brought to literal tears uh, of a parade that was a guy just ran through a parade in his car and and, and 
you know, in West Texas, there was a, a crash with a band kids and yeah. you, you start paying attention. Everything you see leads us to think the world is broken and it's getting more broken. And yet the gospel message of a Christ that ascended and is returning to renew and restore and to heal and to make new in Romans 8, all creation is yearning for this. That is counterintuitive to everything I'm in, in, in just encapsulated in my society. And that is really, really challenging. And lastly, I think hope is in short supply um, because of we, we tend to be short-sighted mm. that that hope yeah. requires perseverance. Mm. Yeah. And, and there's a lot the apostle Paul talks about with, with perseverance and character and hope. And, um, but it is, we need to be mindful that, that we live in a society that tells us immediate gratification or just immediate resolution. Even if it's bad, at least I know. Yeah. Yeah. And hope says, no, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going, and, and we serve a God that does hear us when we cry. Uh, you know, he hears Israel and uh, the Hebrew people in Egypt, and he, he hears them in the time of judges, and he, and he hears them over and over and over again. Yeah. And the lament Psalms, it is crying out to a God that hears. Mm-hmm. We have a God that comes and dwells among us because he loves us so much. And the God that's coming back. But that's perpetually for us not realized. It's not seen, and it calls for perseverance. And that makes it a really difficult quality to hold on to. Which is part of the, I always felt preaching the first week of Advent was so difficult because you're just on the heels of Thanksgiving. Everyone's ready to do Christmas. Everyone's put up decorations and trees, and you've got to call them back to, you've got to name this and call it back that we're, we're not living for this earthly, you know, sort of horizontal celebration where we're hoping and our hope is more, um, but it needs to be named. And, and that's part of why we gather for worship. It's part of why we keep coming back. We realize in part, I think, you know, it's un, ultimately unrealized, but we get a taste. We get a little piece. We see uh, through a glass dimly lit, right? There you go. There you go. Something biblical, uh, right? Yeah, very good. Well, you are a doctor. And so that's uh, showing that off. Um, All right. Give when you think hope, what story comes to mind? You have a a story of hope that comes to mind this time of year. Yeah. And it's actually a deeply personal one. So I don't know how many pastors can steal this for your sermon. So if you want to, good luck and and hats (laughs) off to you. But I've actually been thinking about this for, for quite some time. And I haven't put pen to paper yet because it's still in this kind of nebulous space in my, my brain. But, but several years ago, I preached uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving at, at Chapel Truett. And I told basically this kind of lament to lost tradition of I grew up in a house like many people where Thanksgiving really was all about being together. Um, there wasn't distractions of presents and gifts and, and that sort of thing. And it was we were in the kitchen together. We were outside playing touch football together. We were watching football together. We gathered around the table. We ate, we prayed, we thanked God for, for just this togetherness. And through death and sickness, that had been lost for me, that you wake up one morning and, and you're the eldest generation. Mm. There's no place to go home to um, that's not your home. And so I told this, this story of lament uh, to 
that congregation and the Truett Chapel of being in a Whataburger in small town Texas because that's the only place that's open when you spring your 95 plus year old grandmother from the nursing home mm. and you're sitting there in in that room you're surrounded by people who are lonely and never would have imagined this is my ideal Thanksgiving lunch at mm. Whataburger and you're, you're talking in loops because I have a not yet two-year-old son and, and a 95-year-old grandmother with dementia. And those loops for my son are eat your burger, finish your lunch. You can eat your cookie uh, when you're done with your lunch. Eat your burger, finish your lunch. You can have your cookie when you're done with your lunch. And, and likewise with, with my grandmother, whose dementia was slowly kind of taking away her faculties, it was the loop that, that those folks often get in of, I like the place I live, my nurses are great, the food is good. I like the place I live, the food is good. And, and so we having this discussion about loops and conversation in a very sad venue, the day culminates with a visit to the seminary, cemetery where uh, you know, we, we pay our respects to those and, and all is lost. And, and there is no sense of joy, of tradition, of holiday, and, and it's mm. gone and it's not coming back. Yeah. And, and in those moments, you, you learn to have some language about that, but it's still a language of mourning and loss. But then last year in the midst of, of a global pandemic where we've seen hundreds of thousands of Americans die, millions worldwide, it was a special dispensation from the hospital to allow me to go downstairs across the parking lot through the drive through of Whataburger to bring my meal back up into a dimly lit room uh, uh, with the parade playing softly in the background with a, a bundle of new life in a crib next to my love. <sighs> There's hope. Mm. Yeah. There's life restored. There's the renewal. There's the healing. There's the restoration. There, there is just this small snippet. And in the grand scheme of things, this is, this is tiny, right? We're talking about traditions of a holiday. That's not saving the world. But what I think is these small moments of hope restored, life renewed, uh, it, it points to the grander picture of a God that sits on a throne. That, that, you know, the Revelation 21 vision that there is no more sorrow, there is no more tears, there is no more sickness, there is no death. And he who's sitting on the throne says, behold, I'm making all things new. Hmm. Man, in that moment, eating that second water burger <laughs> lunch in a hospital, that was all things new. Yeah. And it points to this grander vision of, of a God that hears us when we cry. He heard Israel. He hears us now in that little snippet, that little episode of hope allows me to draw my eyes up and think about where the grander hope lies and where restoration and healing really comes from. Um, it, it demands a wider vision uh, for me. That's a good word. That's a good word. I, I won't eat Whataburger the same. The, uh, um, Thank you for that story. I know that's not easy to share and uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. So if you had a word of encouragement of hope that the church needs to hear today, that pastors need to hear today, how would you encourage us? You already have, 
What's an, what's another word? Yeah. Oh man. We, we are people of hope. It's just that it's hope exists that, that despite what you, you feel, you see, you hear the, the, there's not been a decision, especially for pastors. There's just not been a decision you've made in the last two years. That's been right. <laughs> and you've caught it on every side. And, and we were, we were just at the convention uh, and you hear that story over and over again. And so it may just seem like there is no hope, but there is. Yeah. And we are a people of hope because we are those in covenant relationship with God, a God that hears us when we cry, a God that is present among us in, in the feeling of the Holy Spirit. I, I was really drawn to uh, my favorite song we'll sing during this time of the year. Um, and it, it's Longfellow's line, right? That God is not dead, uh, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We need to be a people of hope. Uh, I think the world desperately needs the church to live in a place for hope, not Pollyanna that all is okay and our head is in the sand, but true hope recognizes all the outside influences and says, no, there's still one who hears us. There's still one who's present with us. There's still one who's coming back uh, for us. There's still one that is making all things new. And as his covenant people, hope informs all that we do. The way we worship, the way we disciple one another, the way we evangelize. It's really hard to evangelize uh, if you have no hope. Because yeah. you know who else doesn't have hope? Everybody. <laughs> it is it, there is yeah. just the world, um, and so we become uh, a vision of something worth having when we live with the kind of hope that restores sight to the blind, that yeah. that frees the oppressed, that that engages in justice, the ones that that love when no one else does. That's the vision of hope that, that God sends for us. And when we're the people of hope, uh, God does big things. And to live that way, that's the challenge. And, and if you're sitting there and you're maybe in a dark place, you're going, you know, shut up, Jack, I'm trying. And, and you hear me say, I get it. I know. Um, lament is very good. And it is an act that we've lost in the church in, in large, large part. But I never want us to, to, to take our eyes so focused on lament that we miss out that we are a people of hope. Um, and that's transformative, I think. Man, that's a good closing word for us and a word of encouragement. Um, thank you for your time. We're, we're filming this in Thanksgiving week and we have a lot going on. Um, but I appreciate you uh, sitting in so we can, we can get this to folks the first week of Advent. Um, Friends that are listening and watching, I hope you receive that word of hope, a word of perseverance, um, a word of encouragement that in an unbelievably difficult season, you may be one of, if not the only people speaking a word of hope into desperate lives of folks filled with despair. And for whatever else may be going on, that is our calling and what we are here to do. Um, and we have the privilege of being about it. Um, and that's a wonderful, wonderful blessing in the midst of a hard calling. And so be encouraged. We're thankful for you. Um, so many of you who watch this and participate 
give us hope through the ministry you have daily and undoubtedly to many others. So thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.